Oh, good evening. It's now past the hour of 7 o'clock, and I will call uh, the Appropriations Committee meeting of Thursday, March 31st, to order. If you'll all please rise and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Tonight, three of our members are absent, so we do not have a quorum. We will not be voting on anything tonight, so this, this meeting will be held for information purposes. The packets will be given and discussed with our uh, absent members later on so that we can take uh, final votes on this uh, in the coming weeks. So the first thing on our uh, agenda tonight is our health department report. And who do we have from the health department here? So we have Kristen Black is our health agent. Why don't you come right up here, Kristen? And if we would introduce any others with you? Nope. It's just Kristen. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> so hi, my name is Kristen Black. I'm the health agent for the town of North Road. So you want to walk them through your, uh, sure. your budget? So this year's budget is nearly identical to last year's budget. So you're not going to see really any changes here. Uh, modest increase related to um, a staff member merit increase and one staff member coming to longevity. So I might have the most static budget out there um, for the town. And one of the reasons for this is um, the health department has been very fortunate, or the town of Northborough in general, to receive um, several large grants in the last year. We formed a new regional um, shared public health services region called the Greater Boroughs Partnership for Health. We partnered with the towns of Boylston, uh, Westboro, and Southboro on this a new shared services region in the state of Massachusetts is fully supporting it for the next three years. The first uh, year of the award was fiscal year 22 with 350,000. Um, in that first year and fiscal year 23 and 24 will follow with another 300,000. So we're planning to renew. We're in discussions with the state. We also received um, a second large grant from the Massachusetts Department of Public Health um, really to support our <coughs> contact tracing efforts. And that funding was 160,000 um, for an epidemiologist and shared nurses in fiscal year 22. And that 160 again will receive that same amount in fiscal year 23. So one of the rules of becoming part of the shared um, services program is the state of Massachusetts and signing and accepting these grants is you cannot use this funding to supplant existing public health funds. So it's about improving and expanded um, public health services. So that's why you can see, you know, in John's budget here, we have level, you know, it's a, a level funding, we're not supplanting. And if anything, you know, just this year alone, we have over half a million dollars in additional funding to support our uh, various health initiatives. Yeah, so there's been a, you know, some folks have asked, well, how come, uh, you know, what's going on with the Board of Health in terms of the budget? And, uh, and it is like all of the other budgets at this point, it's a level service budget. And it also, as with all of our other departmental budgets, it does not include any wage increases for non-union and union folks pending uh, completion of collective bargaining negotiations. Uh, but Kristen's done a phenomenal job for us. We've got, as she said, over half a million dollars, uh, half a million dollars in grant funds to add uh, multiple part-time uh, uh, people at uh, various capacities, uh, nursing staff, an epidemiologist, um, some uh, folks even through a Metro West grant. There's another grant uh, that she just obtained for $50,000 to, to purchase and distribute um, test kits. So, um, so we've been able to take care of our Board of Health needs through basically uh, these, grant, uh, these grant funding. So the great thing about these, normally we're very hesitant in terms of grant funding, worrying that you know, they typically are one year. Most grants are a kind of a teaser. They want you to provide a service, so they'll incentivize you to do that in year one. Uh, but these grants, um, particularly the, um, the Public Health Excellence Grant, the partnership with the multiple communities in this area, is uh, recurring. So so that is at least a three-year grant. They say nine years, 
but additional nine so a total of 12 so there's been across the state of Massachusetts so Massachusetts just a quick background is really unique we have 351 you know municipalities towns and they all had their own standalone health department and we found out during COVID-19 that wasn't really efficient and so the state of Massachusetts invested heavily in encouraging communities to come together so almost the entire map like map of Massachusetts is covered in these new health districts so we're not unique in this, um, there's different partnerships. I, I do consider us very fortunate. You know, our, our members, um, have, we have great partnerships with FIRE. It's a very natural partnership and we're a smaller region. So we've been very successful in getting off the ground very quickly. Kristen's very modest. She's taking over Central Mass Health uh, entirely. Uh, it's crazy during the pandemic and uh, with all of the vaccina vaccination clinics, we did regional clinics. Kristen was the one who was the primary. She's also the one who is the primary for all of these grants for multiple communities. So Northborough is the host community. We have intermunicipal agreements with these other towns for the shared staff. Um, but the administration, the oversight, uh, contract work is all being done uh, through Northborough. And, and uh, Kristen is the one that is providing the, the leadership for all of that. So she's just been a phenomenal asset for us in addition to us at just the right possible time so given uh, you know given everything that's going on uh, with uh, with the pandemic and health normally the Board of Health it's a, you know it's a two-person department you know it's Kristen and admin and then some uh, some supplemental uh, coverage uh, but given everything that's going on uh, we thought it would be good for her to come in and talk to you about what's going on and uh, just in case there are any questions regarding the pandemic response or board of uh, board of health or public health in general she does have another little project she wants to talk to you about while she's here as well so do i have any questions from the committee so far yes. not so much a question just uh <clears throat> in the last two years i think every penny that the town has spent on the work that you've done is the best money this town has spent in a really long time I think what you've done over the last two years has been nothing short of miraculous. So thank you for everything. You're very welcome. The best thing about that comment, Tim, is that, that outside of the, the money that you see in that uh, budget for basically two staff people, everything else has been the federal government's money that we've been able to spend or private grants that Kristen's been able to uh, get through the Metro West Health Foundation, DPH, uh, and then uh, MEMA uh, or FEMA rather has been covering all of our um, all of our uh, vaccination clinics to date that does go away in April unless uh, this month unless um, something changes so that's one of the things that we're we were meeting this afternoon to talk about how we're going to proceed if FEMA is no longer going to be covering the expenses for booster clinics so as you know every if you're over the age of 50 you're now eligible for another booster so Every time I see her, she's got a needle in her hand, so. <laughs> they arrived today. Um, if the board, what am I, I just wanted to go over a quick um, punch list of what we're really excited about uh, coming up in this year. Um, so again, we started, I started here just over a, a year, or just under a year and a half ago. Um, and like John mentioned, it was a two-member two um, staff, you know, a full-time admin um, and the full-time health agent. So now we're up to six. So, you know, some of those positions are shared with our neighboring communities, but just as we move forward into fiscal year 23, really excited to build upon our shared services program, develop, really get on the preventative end of health we've never been able to do in public health, right? We're very reactive, um, and we really are going to look forward to doing more health education and programming in our region, working through our other town departments. Um, I left at the end to touch base on this Be Well program, but we're really here in the health department and the Board of Health is focused on the community health and wellness needs really in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. We are still very focused and will continue to remain um, prepared for public health and other emergencies and also vaccination readiness. We'll be planning to do another drive-through flu clinic in the fall and maybe that's going to include COVID boosters. You know, we really don't know yet, but we'll be looking to do again the drive-through flu clinic model if any of you um, experience. It was a huge success with almost 400 doses and everyone really enjoyed that over at Algonquin. So we'll be doing that again. 
We've really, we'll continue to improve our, our inspections of our food establishments using the new software. Um, I think Eileen at our senior center will touch upon, but we now have staffed nursing hours at the senior center. It's two days a week for our seniors, blood pressure checks, help with medication, other general um, medical questions and assistance, and that's on Mondays and Wednesdays, 9 a.m. to noon. Um, we're also working with local fire departments in the greater boroughs region to implement a new home wellness visit program for our at-risk residents. So this is where you know fire departments may have frequent flyers or individuals that they may just be concerned or a call from a neighbor. So this would be a voluntary program, very community, uh, very similar to community paramedicine programs, but we'll be using our salmon VNA nurses to implement that program. Um, and in the last year, we do have a new free uh, sharps disposal program for residents. We have free containers, and individuals, you know, for their household needs, can bring those sharps to the health department uh, during any open hours. Um, we are developing new partnerships now um, to address some food insecurity and further support our food banks, uh, community meals, and uh, the senior center. Um, Meals on Wheels program we're working with Bay Path. And lastly, it's been a great pleasure, and we continue to um, work with the schools. Just today we submitted, uh, submitted um, worked with them and assisted them in the application for a new mental health, um, youth mental health grant um, that the schools are applying for to try to get some more um, counseling services or a licensed clinician in our elementary and middle schools. So we look forward to continuing with that. Anyone? <laughs> Did you want to, um, I know it's a little, um, a month away, but uh, something for the public. Did you want to discuss this to be well and throw at all? Yeah, I'd love to touch on it, and I'm really excited, and I think part of why John pulled me in, because my other counterparts, um, Jen with the library, Eileen <laughs> with the Senior Center, we've really, it's been a great, um, project working together with town departments, strengthening those relationships in the formation of this new Be Well Northborough initiative. You may have heard this, John's been excited to talk about it over the last month or so. Um, but ultimately, this is really an interdepartmental effort to really put one umbrella of health and wellness over, on, you know, over all the great things we're doing and make it more easy for the public to sort of find the programming that already exists as well as expand that program to meet the needs in response to COVID-19. So we're thinking about mental health, um, physical wellness, um, you know, substance use, um, and those sort of things that, you know, many people have struggled with. Um, also, you know, just social issues um, where we've struggled to connect. So we really want to use this program to make social opportunities, opportunities for the public to get outside, you know, and, and really start to recover. So this flyer here that, you know, was just put together is just straight off the website. It's a cut and paste right now. This Be Well Northborough page lands on the COVID-19 page. It's a temporary thing. We're hoping IT, um, we're working with MISGIS, it's going to have its own standalone page. But we're really excited and very grateful to the Board of Selectmen for approving uh, $100,000 for this new initiative. We're still working out the policies and procedures on how money is requested and how it's distributed, frequency of meetings, et cetera. But um, we, uh, the, our rec department moved very quickly. We have outdoor yoga that's taking place um, on various dates. Uh, it looks like Sundays and Tuesdays. It's all on the website with links on how to register. These programs, again, most importantly, are all free. And we really want to encourage people to get out. And so these funds are, are helping to make free opportunities um, really around health and wellness. Um, the Senior Center, I'll let them speak about their courses that are coming up. Um, Allie was amazing in RAC and partnering the Northboro Hiking Club. And now for individuals maybe new to town can go on a guided hike and really have some assistance for free to, to meet other people and, and to explore the beautiful trails around town. Um, and one thing we're really excited about is our big kickoff event, our summer kickoff event. It's going to be at Ellsworth McCaffrey Park on June 22nd from 1 to 4. Really uh, fun theme. There's going to be, you know, blow-ups and bounce houses and things for the kids free giveaways, et cetera. We're hopefully going to have cornhole and other social activities that would run the whole um, age range um, and really have this opportunity for people to just get out in town. And most importantly, we'll have stands there. We want to connect the public to our existing resources. So thinking family and youth services being there, a senior center, a library showing their programming, and just putting it all under one umbrella. So 
Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about it. It looks like it's my thing, but it's really everybody's thing here, and it's been um, a great project, and we'll continue to develop it, and we are very grateful to the Board of Selectmen and for this opportunity to offer this free programming to residents. So there is an input form. If residents have suggestions, the types of program they'd like to see, you know, we're really um, under development. We're excited about our kickoff event, so again, mark the calendar for June 22nd, and we hope to see everybody out there. Well, thank you. I think... Uh the town is lucky to have you. Your exuberance really shows through the way you <laughs> gave us your presentation. And I hope we, uh, you stay with us for quite a while after this. Thank you. Do we have anything else from the committee? Well, thank you. Okay. You're very Thanks, welcome. Thanks, Kristen. Well, next on our agenda, we will hear from the uh, Senior Center with their budget presentation. Does everybody know Eileen uh, Bogle? Eileen is our interim Senior Center Director. And uh, she's been here, what, about six months? A Maybe a little longer. A little longer, yeah. Uh, I'm happy to report uh, that we do have, uh, we have just um, uh, hired a, uh, a permanent replacement for a new senior center director. Uh, so, uh, and um, so Eileen will not be here too much longer with us, but she's going to stick around and help us out uh, in the transition. So. Okay, so John asked me to bring you some newsletters, and I grabbed some flyers and whatnot from, not, this is certainly not everything that we have, but I thought it was a good starting point. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you want me to just cover quickly? So, in terms of the uh, in terms of the operating budget, um, the senior center is up a whopping uh, nineteen hundred dollars, or zero point six one percent. Again, this is the same situation that you've heard with every department. Uh, it's because none of the wage increases are included in the operating budget. So, uh, this is just uh, covering uh, basic uh, increases. Um, we're also working centrally with the facilities manager which has been a huge uh, benefit to both the senior center and the library, uh, taking on and taking over a lot of the work. So some of the repair, some of the uh, budgetary issues are being uh, handled um, centrally as well. So there's no surprises uh, or anything uh, remarkable ha happening in terms of the, uh, the budget. Uh, however, um, Eileen's going to cover what's happening up there from a programming standpoint and uh, the types of services we're, we're providing. So I just wanted to reiterate, I came on board as the interim at the end of, of um, August. And um, right, sort of like we were kind of at that weird point of COVID, like we didn't really know what was happening. Um, so that we went from voluntary masks to, you know, mandated mask, and then then now we're back in voluntary masking, and at the senior center that's been very complicated. It's it's um, because it's a place where people want to interact, and the masks, as we all know, are huge barriers to that. So, um, so it's been. It, but I wanted to highlight, aside from sort of what you see as programs, I wanted to really highlight. The other part of the senior center, which is the outreach, and we have an outreach worker um, who is, you know, and I, you know, don't, you know, been in this business a really long time, so I feel like I can assess. She's a very talented person, and um, she's very understated, but she's um, a great resource for the community. And I think that they want. I think it's important to know that. Um, you know, in during the peak of COVID, that this is a group that made. 3,000 calls over a period of time, and then they would call people up and follow through. And by and large, people were doing well. You know, I mean, I think probably now, because um, people are just a little bit frustrated, you, we could see a little bit more of that frustration. But, you know, going through that it's a prolonged period of isolation, People figured out how to how to cope better than than one would think. Um, now they're all cranky, but um, so and, and you know and the staff is very skilled at making connections with um, the appropriate resources. Um, and and I just want to make sure that you know that we're we're completing food stamp applications for people, or what's known as SNAP, 
fuel assistant applications, um, and mass health Medicaid applications. So it is, we are covering the gamut of, you know, helping people with aging uh, and re resources and in-home care, but also some of the really um, sensitive, financially sensitive kinds of, of um, applications and um, that, that's really important. And you may also be familiar with the um, SHINE program, the health insurance counseling program for people who are on Medicare of any age. And um, this, we have two SHINE counselors. And they, they see hundreds of people. And, and again, it's quiet behind the scenes um, and not splashy, but hugely important to people because Medicare it's just complicated, you know. It it doesn't need to be, but it is. Um, and then, uh, if you came here on Wednesday mornings, we'd see us doing well, not me, but the uh, AARP income tax group. And again, that touches another group of people that you know you don't really see and hear from, but they're there to get their um, income tax prepared. So that's just really really important. Um, and you, just one of the other program again. You know, you may know all this, but I'm going to assume not. Um, the Daybreak program, which is a program, a social day program, that is a collaboration with three towns: um, Northborough, Hudson, and Marlborough. And people can go into all all three days, but it's a really a respite program for caregivers, and they can. Uh, it's, it has a structure, and there's a person that coordinates it, and it's a leader. And that program obviously closed down during COVID, and it really, really struggled to get its legs back up. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at the March data, and the numbers are back up, and that's very exciting to see. And it's some of the frailest people that you can imagine living in, in, in town, because my office is right on the, um, the driveway, and you can just watch how carefully people are getting out of their cars or, and with their family members or caregivers coming in. And it's just, it's just really rewarding to be part of, of this kind of collaboration. Um, and we, of course, we've got some new stuff going on in this uh, coming up. Um, Kristen mentioned the Be Well initiative. So what we've developed is a collaboration with an organization out of Hudson called Synergy. And our first program is launching in the first week in May and really focusing on people's emotional well-being. Um, small group uh, led by a licensed independent clinical social worker who can offer the opportunity to people talk about what some of the stresses are. Um, and it's been done in another town and was, has been very successful. So. Um, we're very excited. And then in June, our next launch as part of Be Well is a mindfulness and meditation class. So that we're really trying to get people to really, I don't know if recover is the right word, but kind of acknowledge that this, that this has been a tough, tough stretch. Um, and I need to give a plug for transportation services. And so for anything you read, it talks about how important transportation and the lack of access to transportation is um, for anyone. And you, you do a great job partnering with the Worcester Regional Transit Authority. Um, they do an amazing job. I, don't know, I frankly don't know how they do it, because they're dispatching hundreds and hundreds of rides. And um, we do anywhere between 350 and 400 rides month and again these are some of the most frail people and we have these drivers who are just wonderful and you know they they'll in be in the outreach workers office or my office to talk about changes that people they see from week to week when they're transporting people um, and it's you know it, people can go medical appointments they can go they can go to the hairdresser I mean that's the, that's how wonderful this program is so I just think that um, once you once you lose your ability to drive it becomes you become very isolated so this is a great option and starting tomorrow we have a grant uh, a federal grant that will allow us to provide transportation to medical appointments east of Northborough 
I always say east of the of Boston, but I have to remember it's it's the Atlantic Ocean. But um, there are people who, m many people in town use the Worcester Medical, but we have no way of getting them um, east of of here. So that money was a, a grant that I had written um, to see what the interest might be. Um, so we're ready to launch um, that very soon. Um, and I want to give the two gentlemen from the Friends are here, and they are responsible for mailing out 2,700 newsletters. The North Bio Times goes out um, every month, and it's we're pretty fortunate to have that that commitment from them. And I, you know, I could. Um, I think I, I want to wrap up by talking about uh, the friends are great, but I also want to wrap up by talking about your Northborough's hidden gem, which is the bistro at 119. And if you haven't eaten there, um, I encourage you to do so. Um, it is um, today there were 48 uh, people in one room uh, with a, a catered um, golf um, club luncheon and then another 45 people or so with um, just regularly eating lunch and it was just it was a busy place today um, and they the two people that run this do a great job um, and we get really strong support and guidance from the Board of Health and we really appreciate that um, and for, just to wrap up about the bistro to realize that for some people um, it may be their main meal of the day it also may be the only time that they really are connecting with people. And, you know, again, that's just hugely important for what, what's happening. Um, and one of the goals for this year was to rebuild the, the bistro, and I think we're well on the way. So, again, I thank you for the, 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 uh, the ability to present to you, tell you how wonderful the Senior Center is, and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Anyone? No. If I, if I may, just to kind of round out a couple of things, if you look on page 5-5 of your of the senior center budget, it's important for people to understand. So this is the personnel table. The table on the top shows that we have three full-time people uh, that are paid for out of the general fund. And then we've got another 3.13 FTEs that are funded out of other sources including the uh, WRTA transportation program. This is a program we put in place in beginning, I believe, around 2008. So the Worcester Regional Transportation Authority pays for the vans. They pay for the maintenance of the vans. They um, reimburse us 100% for the costs of the van drivers. And, uh, and the town, in, in, re in return, we actually, they're actually town employees uh, fully reimbursed by the WRTA, so they're supervised uh, by the senior center director, and um, and we provide the transportation hub out of Northborough. So similar to what we were talking about with the Board of Health, where we are the we are the hub that serve the surrounding communities. Um, it's great because our residents get you know fantastic treatment. Uh, the scheduling is done um, by the WRTA by their vendor. And so we're responsible for the drivers and the supervision, uh, the hiring and the supervision of the drivers, but the entire uh, cost of that um, transportation program is reimbursed, and the town gets uh, actually the town gets an administrative fee on top of it, which goes into the revolving fund for the senior center and is used to fund other uh, programs and, and efforts. The other is. Uh, Eileen mentioned we have two 19-hour week uh, food um, uh, coordinators, and we have a 19-hour week uh, program coordinator. Those three part-time positions are paid for out of program fees and revenues. So the bistro is not 100% self-sufficient, but it's pretty it's pretty close. Um, and then the program coordinator is funded out of the uh, programs that we offer up at the uh, senior center. And like we do with the rec department, you know, there's sliding scales. Nobody's turned away because they can't afford something. Um, but uh, I think it's helpful. Northborough has a lot of uh, young, um, technically, seniors. Um, and, uh, and they are looking for a different type of program and a different type of experience at the Senior Center. And ironically, I think Eileen and I were talking about this today. 
same conversation I had used to have with Kelly Burke is, you know, we draw in the young seniors, asking them if they'll come in and help by volunteering. So they get involved in volunteering, and they realize there's really a there's there's outreach and um, programs very much geared towards you know populations at risk, people that need help. But the large swath and the larger uh, portion of what occurs up there is for active folks who want a, a place where they can socialize, go uh, take exercise classes, uh, educational classes, and um, and just basically be involved and uh, interact with folks. And so it's nice because you can draw them in uh, and uh, as a volunteer, and then they next thing you know, they're involved. Sometimes they'll run programs. Uh, other times, you know, they're up there and they realize, you know, there's some great, uh, some great programs uh, to participate in. So uh, during the peak of the uh, pandemic, I was, I'm a, I'm a hiker. And so I, I hike Edmonds Hill sometimes. I come around the parking lot and there's, there's 20, 20 people sitting out in chairs in the parking lot. And, and Henry's laughing because I've gone to speak to the Dolmans. I'm like, what are you guys doing? It's like, well, they couldn't meet indoors. And so they were socially distancing outside and, you know, and, and connecting. So the center and the folks that use the center, I think, have found some very creative ways to get through the pandemic. Obviously, a lot of programs went virtual. Um, and I think one of the myths that that the senior center has squarely dispelled is that that seniors don't somehow can't use computers or the internet. Uh, I think it's 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 crazy. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of um, programs moved virtually for a while. And to that uh, point, we just launched April. We're doing for the first time um, password manager class, which I should be in. But One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so. It, the publicity went out on Monday. It got it's already filled, and we have a wait list large enough for a second class. So I think that you know it speaks volumes to what you're saying, John, about how people really are more tech savvy than you realize, mm. or more password worried. I don't know which it is. <laughs> but uh, the other thing I would just share is you know I go back to the construction of that senior center. That was one of the projects um, that I was uh, here for. And when we were building that senior center, when we visited a number of other centers, and their lobby tends to be, it feels like the waiting room to a dentist's office. You know, there's two couches, uh, a coffee table, and some magazines on it. And we spent a lot of time here in Northborough talking about what our vision was for the senior center. And we told the architect, we would like you to take uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, your favorite hotel, your, your favorite pub, and somebody's really comfortable living room and mash that up. And that's what we want to see for our lobby. And if you go there and you see the lobby, that is a congregational play, uh, congregating place where people can come. They play cards, they read the newspaper, they drink coffee, they just meet people. It's like a giant living room. There's a fireplace, there's couches. And if you're there for a program, you can hang out before and after a number of senior centers if you go to them you have to you go in you go to a program when the program's over there's really not much space to just hang around that senior center is laid out so beautifully and it's so welcoming and the bistro program one of the things that i think the bistro program has brought to this is is people will go up there go to a program and then go to lunch or go up there go to lunch and then go to a program so there's stuff to do. You know, I think the toughest thing during the pandemic was that we built that senior center so people can connect physically. You know, you can have a thousand friends on Facebook. That's great. And Zoom has been a wonderful stopgap measure for us to stay connected with friends and family. But there's no substitute for in-person contact. And that's what the center is designed for. And uh, to see it kind of coming back to life, people coming back in. Uh, if you go up there, the whole place, the rooms are all full. There's, uh, you have a copy of the, um, the newsletter that the friends send out. It's jammed. It's jammed. So if you haven't been up there, I encourage you to. And if, you, uh, if you're looking for a, an amazing lunch experience at a very affordable price point, I highly recommend that you pop up to the bistro. Uh, the room is packed. And uh, just seeing people back together, socializing, supporting one another uh, emotionally, and um, 
it's 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 been a it's been a long you know road, but the the center is back. It's vibrant, and um, if people were banging on the doors, they wanted to get back in before we wanted to. We felt it was safe to allow them to come back in, um, but uh, but in any event, it's it's, it's a hop in place, and uh, I strongly uh, recommend you you pop up there and check it out. So. So again, uh, thank you. It's been, I finish up at the end of April. It's been a pleasure working here. And I really want to thank my colleagues here. Uh, they have been great. We've done some great collaboration. Jen and I have a couple things in the works for uh, May that are going to be fun. And if you're interested in that password class, you better call tomorrow to get on the meeting list. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Eileen. I think I'd just like to add, uh, one little thing, John put the wind out of my sails. He mentioned a lot of things, but uh, for the new people in town or people that haven't been to the senior center, please stop by and have a lunch and look at the center and see just what it is. I think if you picked up with John speaking, he very didn't call it the senior center, he called it the center. And when this place was being built, it was always looked at as a community center. This is something for all ages. And it would behoove you. We have high school students going here. Everybody should show up there and just take a look at the place. Well, the next on our agenda then is uh, will be the library budget presentation. Somebody know Jen Brunel, our library director? Hello. Good to see everybody. Um, so our budget for year 2023 pretty much the same as you've heard before uh, it's mostly salary increases and um, as John had mentioned just a few maintenance items um, Sean has been absolutely wonderful it's Sean Thompson our Sean. facilities manager he has been absolutely wonderful in helping us out because it seems like you know it is an older historic building so there's always something that needs attention um, and he has saved me a ton of time and I think the town some money in even just fixing I think we have conservatively about a million light bulbs in our library <laughs> so it seems like every time we fix one another one goes out um, and so Sean has really been instrumental in helping kind of combine all of that and, and stay on top of it and um, help us out with some of our contracts and um, things like that so that I can kind of focus on the, the programming side of things. Um, in addition to our appropriations budget, we're also getting about $27,000 in state aid from the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. That fee that funds about half of our membership in our library consortium, which is CW Mars. Um, that provides access to our resource sharing technology, so our library catalog, um, and our overdrive collection, which is our shared collection with all of the other consortium members. Um, that provides access to eBooks, e-audio, uh, magazines, and video, which has been absolutely crucial through the pandemic. Um, we're seeing about a sustained increase in usage of about 45% over uh, the usage before the pandemic, which it was already rising, but you know, when the library had to close and the physical collection became a little less accessible, um, Overdrive and another product that we have called Hoopla has really taken off. Um, and now even with our doors open and our circulation of physical materials back to where it was pre-pandemic, um, we're still seeing an increase in that usage, so I think people are just reading more, um, using those audiobooks, um, and the video, the electronic downloadable video has been uh, really popular as well. We came up with a new strategic plan last year that we are really excited about. Um, it's all about focusing on comfortable spaces, um, a lot of people, I think, are going to stay remote work uh, through the pandemic. I think there are some industries that really found that remote work was great. So we're seeing a lot more people who are coming into the library and actually just using it as a workspace. So um, 
I know my husband has been working from home for two years and he's, he gets sick of the inside of the house. So it's nice to have a, a public space where you can go and just kind of get out and, and be around other people in the community. Uh, and that's what we're seeing at the library. Um, and then also an increase in the number of people who are doing remote interviews, job interviews at the library. So they're borrowing a laptop that we have or um, hotspot going and finding a private space and, and taking care of whatever business they have. Um, we also were able to get a grant uh, from the federal government <coughs> to provide access to, we have 17 hotspots that provide a, a wireless signal that people can check out. So if they don't want to use a public space but they need to get out of their house or if their current Wi-Fi is not sufficient for what they need to do, the increased usage for different people being connected to devices longer, they can check one out and it's a high speed consistent signal that they can get from basically anywhere so on a nice day you can work remotely you know outside or or just wherever you want to be so those have been really popular um, and the grant covered not just the equipment but also the service fee for the year um, we were able to develop a new partnership with Metro West Moves. They provided snowshoes and equipment uh, that people can check out from the library. Uh, over the winter, every single pair was checked out um, with a waiting list of people who wanted to uh, be notified as soon as they came back. Uh, so that's been really exciting, just to be able to provide something uh, that is low key for people to kind of get outside, especially when the Omicron variant was kind of keeping us from having in-person programs and people were kind of getting a little nervous about being in big groups again. It was nice to be able to say, here, you can just borrow snowshoes and, and go outside and, and kind of escape the winter blues a little bit. Um, we are also sort of in the middle of a grant for job seekers that we got through the state uh, board of library commissioners. It's um, really, it was something that our, our adult services staff had come up with before, like right when the pandemic started, uh, people were finding that they needed jobs and they had been out of the job market for a while, maybe didn't have a lot of experience with searching for a job online or interviewing remotely, which is a whole different experience. Um, so they created the Northboro Job Seekers uh, group, which then they were able to get grant funding for. So we're doing programs on resume writing, um, interviewing, LinkedIn, um, things like that. And the grant also covers training for staff. So once the grant cycle ends, we will be able to still provide these services. So we're able to provide resume review services, um, we're developing some brochures that kind of give resume tips, basic interviewing tips. Um, they're going to be translated into, I think we're optimistically, we want to translate it into 10 different languages. Uh, they will all be available on our website. So we're excited about um, that. It's been a really interesting group of people who need those services. Um, we're finding it's anybody from younger professionals who just want to maximize their potential appeal in the great resignation and take advantage of all the opportunities that are available to them all the way to somebody who is, you know, they had the same job for 25 years and now they find that they're just, they're unhappy, they're looking for another opportunity and what is LinkedIn, how can we, you know, how do you use this to your benefit? So it's been uh, just sort of a broad appeal that we've really enjoyed um, that process. Our children's department is working. They had a grant through the TJX Foundation. And originally, they had decided on a, a series of health and wellness programs. And they were going to call it Build a Better Northborough. But then when we started talking about Be Well Northborough, they said, let's just rebrand that um, to avoid two similarly named initiatives. Uh, so those programs are focused on body positivity, environmental preservation. Um, we had one on winter gardening. Um, and they're all designed for kids. So um, 
celebrating diversity. They're, they're seeing a really large response. All of the programs have basically sold out, um, filled up immediately with a wait list. Um, they're doing, we have a therapy dog who comes and the kids can book a 15 minute block of time to sit and read to the dog. So we know that children have lost a little bit with the remote schooling. It hasn't really affected everybody equally. Not all kids had excelled in that environment. So we're trying to help kind of bridge that gap in the lost literacy skills by offering things like, you know, reading to a dog is, is a little bit easier than trying to read out loud in front of your class. So just helping kids build those confidence skills and those reading skills. Um, we're offering about 60 programs a month. So on some days there's four or five different library sponsored programs. Um, in addition to our meeting rooms being in use for other community groups and um, our tutors are back, our homeschoolers are back. <laughs> Everybody's really, you know, coming out and, and we're seeing all of the different groups that used to frequent the library. We have people who just socially meet up and play chess in a back room that we have. Uh, so it's been really fun to kind of see everybody starting to move around and interact again. I think the library is really a place um, where people come to socialize just as much as they do to learn. So this year we're looking at kind of expanding those programmings. A lot, a lot of what we're doing is really just trying to reconnect people socially um, in addition to, you know, Anything that we can do on information literacy, identifying fake news, scams. Um, we're gonna do a program series on health literacy. Um, we're doing a capoeira demonstration, so some of the cultural literacy things. Um, Chinese brush painting, I can go on and on. I will talk all night if you let me. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're just, we're really excited for all of the partnerships that we've developed, um, and we're looking at expanding those with Family and Youth Services, um, the Senior Center, the Health Department, um, and some of the local nonprofits that we're working with. Any I'll questions from the committee, comments? Yes, Tim. <clears throat> um, I grew up in town, and that library used to be one of my favorite places as a kid. It's just such a wonderful um, Wonderful building. My kids are six and nine now, and <clears throat> it's been hard to get get back into going to the the library. But it, it's such a a um, important part of our community, and, and the work you guys do there is just phenomenal. It's a, it's one of my favorite places. I love that that library. It's a great place. It's great to hear. Um, if you're having a hard time get convincing them, tell them we have a bearded dragon in the children's room. That we <coughs> <encourage them> to <laughs> yeah, they'll probably do it. I will. <laughs> We had a meeting they live with the bearded dragon. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We had a meeting over there, and, and Jen came out with a lizard. <laughs> Which she then proceeded to chase a couple of the other department heads around with. Apparently, some not everybody's a fan. So, uh, Was but that yeah, in it's the very job description. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I, if I can, I just want to comment. You know, you heard all the great programs that uh, the health department's doing, the senior centers uh, programming efforts, the library. Uh, the rec department is phenomenal in this town. You know, they, they do probably four times the programming or communities that are twice our size. Uh, family services uh, services and, and, and programs. One of, the, one of the things that we are trying to do with this Be Well Northborough initiative is, you know, all these departments are sort of all doing these individual uh, um, efforts. Um, and much like the public, you know, we miss working with each other as, as, as well. You know, this pandemic, especially for relatively new staff who is sort of, you know, it's not the normal way of doing things. You know, we, we usually work with a lot of cross-functional teams. We still do, but it's Zoom. It's hard to get to know somebody on Zoom if you don't know them already, you know? And so part of this initiative is, is getting the coordination, the synergy of all these different perspectives uh, like Jen mentioned, you know, there's body positivity programs at the at the library. It's not just family youth services or health initiative. You know, you got mindfulness programs at the senior center that are open to everybody as well. So um, 
part of the Be Well Northboro initiative is a community calendar. And you may frequent the library or you may frequent the senior center, right? Uh, and you'd be familiar with those programs. We're putting a community calendar together that's going to have all of these programming in one place. So if you want to know what's going on in Northboro today or this week, you log in there, you can see all the programs that we're doing. And in, in addition to the things that are sponsored specifically by the, by the uh, town, are uh, nonprofit events and and, uh, and events occurring in town that you might want to be aware of as well. Put on, you know, again, the cultural council, uh, community affairs. Again, those are more town, but uh, but nonprofits. You know, if there's uh, if there's things going on, so that's going to be a way to communicate. Uh, folks make it easier for folks to get out there and, and connect with each other uh, and find things that your kids uh, may want to do um, but it's also a way to make sure that, uh, to take advantage of the synergy of, of the different perspectives and as um, as uh, Kristen had mentioned you know when uh, the end of school party carnival that they're planning at Ellsworth McAfee right at that will also be family services, mental health services, booths with information. And so it allows the senior center, the board of health, family services, the library, everybody to be, so, to be marketing and, and, and basically making sure everybody's aware of what's going on around the town. So that's why this was brought forward by staff as a staff initiative. And again, they all do this programming already. Uh, and so the initiative and the additional funds are allowing us to do programs that aren't included in the budgets, but also to work with uh, nonprofit and community um, uh, resources and community organizations to do other programs and so to be able to leverage that so uh, we're very excited about this and I think uh, it's funny we got a couple of emails from people saying oh we wish you'd be doing this or that and then as the be well rolls out and they're seeing what's happening we got a nice the board of selectmen got a nice uh, email from someone going like this is fantastic you know Free yoga at 135, you know, uh, an end of the year party for the kids to get them outside and interacting. Please do more of this. And so we're all excited uh, to do more of uh, this type of programming. And I think it's also going to be very helpful of just making sure people are aware of all the great stuff that, that, that our staff is currently doing. There's some wonderful programs and there's stuff happening at the senior center that you, you might want to go to, but people think, well, you know, is that for seniors or can I, can I participate in that? Um, so it's going to be just a great way to, to, to market everything that we're doing. And we're trying to shake the cobwebs off of the, the pandemic here and uh, take advantage of the warm weather, uh, the, the lack of masking uh, requirements, get people out there and just connecting again. There is, I don't care what anybody says, there is no substitute for in-person physical connections. And, and we need to do that as much as we can. So that's what this initiative is about. And I think, for, or at least speaking for myself, I don't know about my colleagues, but shaking the cobwebs off for us too, because it's been so long worrying about masking and, and social distancing and should we do virtual programs, should we limit the attendance. So I think every time we get together and have conversations about different types of programming, we come up with new ideas and it's been invigorating for us to kind of get our creative energies flowing again um, and to collaborate on programs so if somebody family and youth services may have great speakers that they know of or people who can run you know, support groups and things but they don't have the capacity or the space to do it and that's where the library comes in so these partnerships have been really valuable I should mention too the schools are a part of this initiative as well and so they're part of the meetings and the discussions and so you we also want to make sure that we're not cannibalizing on each other both running the similar program at the same time so it allows us to hit you know all of the pieces of the wellness wheel right and to spread out the events throughout the course of the year too so not everybody's doing all their events in June and then there's a nothing's happening for you know two months so that coordination and synergy and uh, just ability to, to put out there uh, in advance so people can see what's happening and take advantage of it. So, so far we've gotten some really tremendous feedback, really positive feedback, which, which is encouraging. The libraries have always had books and periodicals and they've come along with VHS tapes and uh, CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays and now, now you have the internet and all that going on and it was a, quite a while back I don't know if it was our library or, or 
some other library, but there was an article saying that books have been declining, so they were saving some shelf space on books and putting in more workspace and uh, other areas like that. I was wondering if you see anything that's declining and anything new coming to take its place? Are they using more computer and less books or just what's happening that way? Um, yeah, so I think print books still make up the, the bulk of our circulation numbers. Uh, what we have seen a decline in are physical DVDs and audio CDs. And I think it's because once you try the downloadable versions, it's just, there's no beating it. Um, I, I have an, about an hour commute every day, so audiobooks are my life. And once I, you know, downloaded Hoopla and started using Overdrive for, you don't have to change the CD, you don't have to worry about it skipping, um, you don't have to worry about it getting stuck in your car. Um, so I think the pandemic really accelerated the decline of that format. Um, we're not seeing it pick back up the way that physical books picked right back up where they left off. Um, but the, the e-content really has sustained and, and continues to increase. I think the other thing, Rick, what you're seeing, the trend is, uh, you know, where the library used to be a place where you'd go to study, and if you spoke, you got the shh, you know, the classic. The library is a very vibrant community center, is really how I would characterize it, and it's a place just like the senior center for people to connect and to attend programming and to do things and to get resources. Um, but it's not that stuffy, you know, you know, shush place anymore. There's a lot going on in there. And there's, granted, there's, you need to be quiet in certain places and, and at certain times. But, uh, but the library really is, is, I think, evolved into more of a community center uh, feel. And again, it goes back to the need for, you do need to have physical space for people to connect. And, uh, and I think the libraries fit that bill very well for us. Again, it's a beautiful building, very well designed, and uh, you know, reusing of the space and reconfiguring of the space is always an ongoing discussion. Um, but uh, but uh, really, it's, that's that's the if I correct me if I'm wrong, but th that's the trend is it's become more of a community center. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Right. Anything else? Thank you for your presentation. Thank you, Jeff. We enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, our next meeting date on this, on the agenda will be April seventh. So at that meeting, uh, we'll have uh, the enterprise funds will be in, uh, and the finance director will be in to talk about the undistributed um, uh, budget, which is you know the insurances and uh, debt and so forth. So. It's all good. The fun stuff. Well, hey, listen, it, to me, that's, you know, you know, everybody's like, oh, budgeting is boring. I'm like, if you, I, I'm actually, I teach a class at Suffolk, right? And, I'm, and, and, and I always start off with, like, if you think budgeting is boring, then you're doing it wrong because it is the means to everything wonderful that we just talked about. And if you do it well. Insurance and debt. You know what, though? <laughs> you know what, though? That debt service paid for that senior center and it paid for that library. So... It's, uh, it's exciting stuff where I come from, so. We'll also be, <clears throat> be going over the town warrant and uh, approving and disapproving various budgets. I know we can cut a lot of them back to the bone. They're so high this year, but. <laughs> Outside of that, uh, do we have any other business? Anyone in, in the? No, uh, just one other thing. Uh, just uh, on April 14th, uh, I sent you out an email. April 14th, uh, the Board of Selectmen has scheduled a joint meeting to discuss uh, ARPA funds. So um, there's been quite a bit of uh, discussion uh, surrounding the use of ARPA funds, and uh, we thought it would be helpful if everybody gets you know, accurate information and, uh, and understands programming that's either currently being done or planned. Uh, because it's funny, you know, Jen mentioned the, the, um, the uh, 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 comfort dog at the, at the library. You know, people have made all kinds of suggestions, and, and you, know, you look at the list, and you know, 80 percent of it we're either already doing or we're going to be doing. So, this will help in terms of communication. Also, my philosophy in this, uh, you know, this anytime uh, the trend monitoring, anytime we've had a large building project, uh, Lincoln Street, the fire station, I think it's helpful to get the boards and committees in one room so everybody hears the same information, can ask questions, and then there will be a public input component to that as well. So, please uh, save the date.
date, April 14th, 6 p.m. Uh, at the Algonquin Regional uh, High School Library. And we're doing it there so that we can do a hybrid so people who can't physically be there are able to, to call in if they would like to. So. You know, as our meeting got over, as our work got over fairly early, uh, this meeting, uh, we usually don't do it that often, but uh, if there's any comments or questions from the people here, uh, yes, sir. Uh, just one comment. My name is Henry Scalanti. Uh, Picking up on the senior center, I don't know if you realize, 27% of the people in Northborough are over 60 years old. That's an interesting uh, piece of data. Uh, a lot of them don't use the senior center because they think it's only for old people. It isn't, as John said and as Eileen said. There's a lot of things going on there, a lot of programs, and we are very tech savvy in our groups. We have a lot of professors, ex-professors, ex-school teachers, ex-principals of schools. A lot of engineers, so we're far from old and we're far from unintelligent. <laughs> Thank you. I think I can attest to that because that's in charge and past commander of the American Legion. I know we have our uh, dinner up there. Ed Bombard has been uh, eating that for the last several years, and there's uh, quite a few uh, various activities. We've been up to computer classes up there. There's a a gentleman talking about swords and sword repairs up there is a lot of interesting things going on at the senior center. Do you have comments from anybody else? Well, hearing none, it is now seven, six minutes past the hour of eight o'clock. I will adjourn our meeting for this week. Thank you all for being present.